This is the Impossible Things Podcast. Here are three average guys discussing the impossible. Jesse Human, Jimmy Donahue, and your host, Kyle Cole. Welcome back to the Impossible Things Podcast. It's me, Kyle, again, with... Yours truly. Oh, mine truly. No, no, the collective um, yours. Yeah, or, oh, collective you. Yeah. Listeners truly. Yeah. Okay. It's Jesse. It is. Not Jimmy. Not Jimmy. No, no. sorry. Jesse here. Not, don't apologize. It's a good thing. Is it? Well, Jimmy's never going to hear this, so... Yeah. Why? He but, doesn't listen to us? No, he's too busy. Hmm. Living life. I see. You know... Being 20. I will admit that I really only listen to these when I edit them. So the ones that you had edited recently, uh-huh. I didn't listen to. Oh. I, that, no, uh, it's totally fair. I, that's, I, not, that's not entirely true. I did listen to your bonus. Oh, did you? That was cool. Oh, yeah. You mean the review? The, the bonus review. Had, the, bo- the bonus review. is not aired yet. It's right. I mean, the bonus is aired. Oh, no. Oh, goodness. The facade has broken. <laughs> oh, no. that's n- The time continuum is shattered. <laughs> We've affected our past and present. What we're talking about is it's still Memorial Day for what? us. What? This is the longest Memorial Day ever. <laughs> Three weeks now. Goodness. We're doing a marathon session. We so are. So we recorded the bonus already. Mm-hmm. And you, this is Utopia. Yes. Uh, what's the other one? Smell of Smell of Vision. Yes. That was, it was like minutes ago. Minutes <laughs> I ago. I forgot. Mere minutes. More coffee. More it's coffee. terrible. And, well, as you noted, today we're going to talk about utopian yes. society. And, well, I'd like to say we're going to go straight from this to talk about the next, the next I, topic, I was gonna, revolution. I, I was about to say the same thing, is that this this is ramping up to a much more I, possibly, probably heated topic. Yeah. Given that Kyle and I disagree. Quite a bit on several things we're about to discuss. <laughs> we, we should just jump into it so we maximize our time. Oh, I, I don't really You're, like disagreeing, but I know. I'm know i doing this. We're doing instead. this for the sake anyway. of listeners. Listener, the one of them. I think I might not be able to keep up that facade anymore because I think there might be more. Uh, we, we are getting an increased number of comments and stuff. Uh, yes, anger and likes, otherwise. <laughs> likes and follows and shares. Yeah, I, I don't mind that. I don't either. I like it. I like a healthy debate. I don't like it when they devolve into name calling, but that's mm. that's our society, which we're going to yeah. that will come up, I'm sure, especially about politics. So, Correct. utopian society. Let's let's just let's let's get it out there. Let's put it all out there right now. Utopian society. What are we talking about? Mm. Uh, we're talking about American culture. Okay, the way it currently exists is. Uh, the closest thing to utopia that I can imagine. Really? Yeah, it's pretty much perfect. Oh. So what, what are we talking about next week? Oh, yeah. Seriously, let's move right on. That's it. That's in. You heard the whole thing. Yeah. So every country should just try to be like us. And, and when they don't try to be like us, we should force them to be like us. And we're doing that. So uh, we've gotten really good at that. It's great. Yeah. Where everything's great. No, never hunky dory. So. Utopian society, however, I think is I think it's it's thrown around quite thrown around quite a bit as an idea that society works and functions perfectly with no opposition, no challenge. Everybody's happy, everybody's content, everybody's well taken care of, everything is great. Everything's for the better of everything done is for the betterment of everybody, and that that is that society. Would you think that that is an apt description? Yeah, yeah, largely. Uh, it's interesting. Ideologically you say. at least. Interesting that you say that everything done is for the betterment of everybody. Uh, it's just the the definition is so can be so widely varied because I mean, what's utopia to one may not be, maybe dystopia to another. Wow, <laughs> like 
the people at this table. <laughs> Here, let's let's go pure definition. Google 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 definition. Utopia is an imagined place or state of things which everything is perfect. Okay, I like it. Okay, I like that definition. General enough a term. Very general. Okay. Very general. Very agreeable. Synonyms are paradise, heaven on earth, mm-hmm. Eden, the Garden of Eden, Shangri-La, yep. Elysium, yep. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All right, cool. Okay. Camelot? I, Camelot. No. Okay. <laughs> I, however, the quote, the quote used, the example quote used for the definition is, quote, it may be your idea of utopia, but it's not mine, end quote. Oh. Well, therein. That, 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 that. <laughs> That's the rub right there, I believe. That's our so there you go. That's that's the definition. That is the Google definition of and, utopia. And uh, perfect segue to the problem. Excellent. Let's hear it. What's the problem? Well, a couple of problems, right? Uh, defining def- definition of utopia, definitely problem. Very subjective, you, I would think. Very subjective. You could do, you could do everything you wanted to do, and make a perfect society in your own mind, or you know, make. In real life, what is in your mind a perfect society, and sure. a lot of other people may not like it. You could publish it on paper too. You, oh, you're making an allusion to a, an article. Naturally. Well, don't shy away. <laughs> Present. So, funny enough, it, when whenever utopian society comes up, at least in my mind and in my personal history, it's always related to the idea of communism. Let's just stick with communism. Is that commu- the communist idea? The communist ideal is a utopian society. Every, every person in society serves its function, and it all serves for the benefit of everybody else in society. Mm. Nobody's starving. Nobody's without. There's no rich. There's no poor. Everybody is well taken care of, and everybody is content. That, that at least is, the, that is my perception. I'm not saying that is reality. That is my perception of the communist ideal. Yeah. However— Everyone works for the common good. Right. There's a, Mark said it in a really great way, but you know I don't have it up in front of me mm-hmm. but you know paraphrase marx being the the father of socialism communism he had an issue with it, the ism at the end of commune communism right. as an as an ideology mm-hmm. he said it's not communism isn't something that it was meant that marx didn't mean for that to be imposed on people right he meant for that to be the natural conclusion of a socialist um construct well actually referring to the article that mm-hmm. i had tagged mm-hmm. for this uh, that w- so what what the author is talking about is marxism and he says under classical marxism there is no such thing as a communist government rather communism is the culmination of, of the socialist revolution the stage at which the state has just melted away and people live harmoniously and voluntarily in a utopia of economic equality and that's it's a solid point even though he's stating it kind of a, in a tongue-in-cheek kind of a completely fun poking way there's certainly some bias yeah, some biased font to how this is presented. I'll say, I, I read a little bit of communist. Well, all of it. It's not very long. Communist manifesto. It's not long at all. It's yeah. also public domain. It is completely free. Please yeah. go download it and read it. Yeah, it's actually really solid. And read. I'm not saying to go download it and read it because I think that that's the best idea. I believe that whether you oppose or support any position or any idea, yeah, you, you should, should be, be well versed about it. You should. And it is a free publication. Go and, get it. And that that work of nonfiction has informed a lot of where we are as a global society completely and if you're going to be an informed uh, citizen of the world i I think you owe it to yourself to ingest that kind of uh so utopian society like i mean that that pull quote from this article and this article was written by selwyn duke in 2012 early 2012 Mm. um 
that that little like tongue in cheek line of people will choose to live harmoniously and voluntarily in a utopia a utopia of economic equality. Mm-hmm. There's been so much discussion lately in the United States about economic equality. There equality has, on yes, the whole, but economic equality quite a bit. Equality is a huge issue and economic equality not the least of no. the nuance of as that. with most things in life, money does drive quite a bit. Especially the way our system's set up, but you know. Well, and I am by no means delusional to to be the typical right winged ideal that a free market economy is the best solution on the planet. Or sorry, is the perfect solution. Let's say that. Hmm. I don't think it's the perfect solution. I don't the, think it's a bad solution. We are talking about the perfect solution. We are, and that's that's what this is, is the yes. perfect solution. And so this is what drove me to find this paper to begin with, is that I w- I've constantly had the response and perspective on communism or on, well, on communism, that communism is the perfect form of government on paper. Mm. But in practical implementation, it is flawed I've heard by, people the, say this same thing, yeah. by the mere idea that people, whether there's a facade of control or not. People still have the choice to participate or not. And so communism is ideal on paper. Is If, if everybody, big if here, here's the if, yep. if everybody does participate for the common good, mm-hmm. communism works just fine. But you could say that about any... You could say free market economy works just fine if nobody's putting money in the back pockets of politicians yeah. or You could say companies. monarchy is just fine. But, and I in monarchy, it's only, it's all monarchy... It's even easier because you only have to find one person. Absolutely, and that that that's what I'm saying is I don't I am not I'm not delusional enough to say that a free market economy is the perfect solution. You can a lot of arguments can be made that uh, there's more economic freedom or more economic opportunity in England than there is in the United States, and they are a monarchy. They mm-hmm. do have a, a disproportional amount of representation by the people. I would say for having a monarchy, however, yeah, they are still a monarchy. They so, are. I, I think it really just depends on societal convention as to whether or not the system that you live under works for you. Any of these ideas are probably probably work very well on paper, but the second you insert the human being, any human being, mm. into this, there's not any human being I think that has ever lived. I'm being very general about this. Please, please just follow my my mentality here. I don't think there's been any human that has existed that has not had some action that has been self-serving. Yeah. I don't think every. I don't think there's one person that every action they made was for the service of others. Uh, yeah, I doubt it. That's that's a good point. Yeah, altruism isn't isn't universal, I and mean, it isn't in, isn't uh, natural either. I believe. Then why do we have it? I mean, you have to look at the. Uh, you have to tie it to a moral code, which is u- very usually tied to religion. I don't know if you do. Uh, we we see altruism in the animal kingdom. It's um. It's not prevalent. It's we not. see it, but it's not prevalent. I mean, but they don't. They're. Uh, you see it on a species level. Uh, the sure. species will attempt to further its own survival. I think human beings do the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, why does a firefighter run into a, a burning building to save a kid? That's not his it's own. Fair. His own family. Absolutely fair. It's just it's so there's uh, there is a altruism is a really interesting wrinkle in what you think about the human condition. Yeah, and it seems like it seems like a lot of people who favor a more a conservative type of worldview or government. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing that you also uh, would espouse to this view that that people are basically um, bad and we have to fight our, our human nature to be good. Certainly. And that presupposition will inform a lot of a lot of politics 
absolutely and views on that so then but then you have to you end up using a using that as a framework to construct a government in which everybody is being constrained and has to be encouraged to do the right thing right whereas if you if you start at the point where everyone's naturally good or has has the potential for goodness mm-hmm. then it's it's different you end up in a different a different place yeah where you could potentially have you know no or fewer incentives or controls i don't know where i'm i, I think i dug myself into a little hole here but mm, i don't think so it's uh, it's a subtle difference but it, it starts way back at whether you think people are good or bad completely I, I mean it really does I, I think most ideas source back to to a moral code of some sort i think yeah a discussion of literature might be yeah like i mean let, let, let's see let's see where the idea first came from because utopian utopian society was not first presented by marx it could not no? the idea the idea of a perfected society oh that's sarcasm sorry oh yes, you're okay. right you're correct who was the who who, who was the most notable earliest oh. presenter of this i idea? assume you're you're referring to plato yes oh now on that oh speaking of opinions on what's perfect yeah the, Greek, the greeks have no the greeks have no opinion on this oh my goodness the ancient greeks i mean this his idea plato's idea to a modern sensibility sounds just preposterous Completely. and the furthest furthest Impossible, thing, actually furthest thing from utopic utopic Utopic? Utopianic. Mm, I'll give you that. I don't think that's... That's not like syllable adding for the sake of syllable adding. Hmm. P, I think people understand. Utopian idea. Okay. Uh, it it constitutes... <laughs> Did you read up on it at all? No, no, no. I, like, so, I, I'm aware of the idea okay. existing within ancient Greek uh, yeah. philosophy, but no, I Are did not read up on familiar it. familiar with the phrase uh, philosopher king? No. So the idea of philosopher king, I had heard that, but I, I didn't really know... How it applied. Mm-hmm. So it's it, it, this all comes from Plato's work uh, called the Republic. Yeah. the The big thing that stands out for me is the three uh, three classes, and they actually call it classes, which would be a horrific yeah. uh, word choice nowadays. Yeah, we we can't stand the idea of a class system. We, so the the top class. Yes. In, uh, sorry. Yeah. No, please back back on topic. The top class is. Well, yeah, the top. I mean. I guess he doesn't present it is in a stratification, although no more linear. I I I will always understood it was more linear. Yeah, of a although of an how idea. how do you not place philosopher kings at the top? Well, we could be politically correct though and say that the the that we can't call it a first class or a primary class or mm. an upper class, but they are the ruling. Oh well, so this was I did see one. It's hard to not view it like cynically. Really, I saw one example of this though, where it was being described, and it was uh, the person describing it said they described the so the three classes are philosopher kings, mm-hmm. soldiers, yeah, and everybody else, workers, citizens, general society, yeah, yeah. civilians, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. just is basically everybody else, yeah, and you there's mobility up the ladder, but uh, these so you're there's aptitude, mobility across the ladder, okay, in a linear sense, yeah, granted. The so you would be identified as a child as if you had special aptitude other than what you are what class you're born into, uh-huh. and then moved based on the will of the philosopher kings to a different educational track or whatever, sure. what have you, whatever the uh, the system employs. Mm-hmm. So the the idea is everyone's placed into their into a category where they are where they have some aptitude, sure, naturally. So they would identify 
in Plato's idea, they would identify people who are good at soldiering yeah. or good at, you know, a certain type of task. People who are good at fishing, fish. People yeah. who are good at cooking, cook. People who are good at building, build. Right. And people who are good at making decisions for Make other, decisions. other people are put into the philosopher king's class. Sure. And they're good at, if they're good at ruling, then they rule. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it's definitely... It works on paper. It. Well, <laughs> I've come to hate the phrase, actually. What drives me crazy, though, is that... I mean, this article I found that has frustrated you and me in a number of ways is... Uh, uh, this is the article by Mr. Duke. Oh, yes. From 2012. Uh, entitled... Entitled, Silly Things We Hear, quote, <laughs> Communism Works on Paper, end quote. <laughs> That's the article that came up when I was Googling, trying to find the first person who said it. Yeah. And he's not the first person who said it, but... I don't I, think he did say it. He's just talking about somebody. No, he's just, he's be, he, he's being tongue-in-cheek, yeah. as was previously noted. Yeah, he's really poking... <laughs> poking the bear, poking as it were. But he... So did you find out? Uh, sorry, sorry. No. Did you find out who said it? No, I never did. I actually never did discover in my in in, the, in about the hour I was looking this up. I never really did discover anybody, any one particular source where okay. this idea stems from. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely a shared perspective on communism specifically. Yeah, I think um, we've come to that conclusion as as Americans. But the like the the end of this article this article really is it's relatively short totally worth reading whether it frustrates you or not is yeah. not relevant to whether you should read it or not i'll begrudgingly admit that is true that's how i feel about this article i very high i heavily disagree with several things asserted in it but mm-hmm. there are also some things in it that may are making me think reconsider not necessarily like changed my beliefs just made me reconsider and i think that that's never an unhealthy thing yeah in a in a thinking brain to be challenged. Anyway, that being said, he's uh, he's taking issue with the idea that communism even works on paper. Yeah. He's saying yeah, that the does. whole idea is to implement this in a societal convention and that if you could implement it in a societal convention and it would work, then it should also work on paper. It should work in practice. It should work everywhere. It doesn't just work on paper and then not work in practice. That doesn't. That's not a thing. So I, I see one of his points as being if you... If your paper analysis is deep enough, then you'll find the flaws. Was that? You, you yep, that's, no, that's yeah. exactly what he was saying. In fact, here's 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 the part right here. I and consider that there is context to what I'm about to read. But he says this is why it's a grave mistake to call, as many do, America's early Christian communes as experiments in communism. It's not just that these religionists never called themselves communist. It's not just that the early ones couldn't even have done so because the word communist wasn't originated until 1841, it's not just semantics. It's that the suffix ism denotes a doctrine or theory. Thus, when you combine commune, commune with ism, you've changed what is merely a label for a place and lifestyle model into a, a label for an ideology. Yeah. Uh, he's not wrong. I, he's right? not wrong. Yeah. That's that frustrating as it is, he's not wrong. Yeah. Is he's that, not wrong a lot about a lot of stuff that he says in the article. But No, but it's very frustrating. <laughs> Is that I think I think the reason that it's frustrating for me, this is I'm gonna bear it all right here. The, the reason that it's frustrating for me is the same reason that it's frustrating that communism wouldn't work for me. It is it is a great idea. The idea that everybody would want 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 to mm-hmm. contribute to society so that everybody had an equal share and had what they needed and had even what they wanted, maybe, is is a great idea. It is not possible. In my opinion, it is not possible to have 
that on a grand scale. He concludes by saying, this is why, as Catholic monk Thomas Merton ultimately concluded, communal living only works in small, voluntary associating monastery-like groups and why communism doesn't work at all. Is that he's saying that the idea of like a commune, of course that works. You get Mm -hmm. like-minded people, let's say... Your, your idea is perfect. Your idea of perfect society is um, a, a nudist colony. You would go find one. You would live with those people. You'd probably be happy as a clam. I would not be happy as a clam in that society. So if they made that a national standard, mm, that's, yeah. I'd be upset. Exactly. Exactly the point we're trying to make with the whole utopia, you know, subjective. You will never get definition. everybody, everybody being a scaled perspective not like the entire planet but you would never get 13 million people to agree on one ideal lifestyle right look at turn on the tv you will see my point (laughs) you can't even get america to agree on one thing no except for that it's going down the drain (laughs) i think everybody does actually agree. i think everybody does agree on that they just disagree on what's causing us to go down and and what's the right path agreed like it did the 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 disagreements in the solution, not that there is a problem. Everybody agrees there's a problem. Yeah. And as as everybody loves to hear in 10-step pro, 12-step programs, is that the first step to recovery is admitting you have a problem. We've gotten there. Yeah, yeah. But step two seems to elude us. What is step two? I, I don't know. Work on solution. I'm actually not super. <laughs> but I, I do think that the... the as with most things, problem is an implementation, and I think that that's where we are at as an American society awesome. right now is that you'd be hard-pressed to find anybody in this country that doesn't think that we have a problem. So the second step is topic. belief in a higher power. Oh. So that's it. I mean, it breaks down like immediately. It breaks down immediately for, <laughs> for, for our problem here. Uh, third step is make a decision to turn your will over to the, to the said, higher power. said higher power. Yeah. Yeah, so I no, mean, I, I mean, it breaks down after step one, really. Voluntary, like, but uh, yeah, for for communism, though, voluntary. Yeah, let I mean subjugation. Let's let's break a break apart the, let's break apart the, I the idea of communism versus utopia because they're not totally the same. I you're assuming that a commune is a utopian I think society. We have been working off that assumption, but that, I mean, we've said that that certainly isn't the case for everybody. Yeah, mm, but I think commun- or, uh, utopia generally carries the connotation that you know shared resources, Completely. which is a huge component of communism, socialism. It's the main portion of communism, mm-hmm. I would say. Yes, shared resources and work for common good. Mm-hmm. I'm curious what make it a little uh, little disagreement here, but what no, is please. your idea of if you were going to design a perfect utopian society? What would it be? What would it look like? Unheavily regulated, laissez-faire style of government. Unheavily regulated. Okay. So not unregulated, just not heavily regulated. Okay. Describe your, if you will, your idea, your, uh, what is your line between what's regulated and what's unregulated? I actually, because this, because this is such a prevalent topic, I, I was having, I was using an example. Somebody asked me what I meant by this in conversation yeah. the other day. So I think... And I had to pick, I picked a particular hot topic that I don't feel is, I feel will isolate me and get me ostracized by a group of people because it will, because it's not, it's not a very pleasant idea. It's about as unpleasant as the Freakonomics idea that what caused crime to go down in the nineties was Mm. the rise of abortion. Nobody wants to think that that's what fixed the crime problem. However, it's highly likely that that is what fixed the crime problem. So this idea is a correlation. Yeah. The, uh, this idea that I'm about to present as my perspective 
is definitely not a popular one, and it's not even my favorite thing to discuss because it's a different different set of hot topics. However, my my stance on the legalization or illegalization on abortion in particular is that if I don't think it should be illegal. I also don't think that any clinics or doctor's offices that provide that service to people mm-hmm. should be funded by the government. They should be a free market enterprise like anything else in this country should be, in my opinion. However, if a 16-year-old girl, the child of, a, of, a, of an adult, of another parent, uh, a developing human, a 16-year-old is a developing human, that yes, can make choices by themselves, but not always wise ones, and certainly not ones that are always healthy for themselves. If that if that person, that 16-year-old woman, young woman, wants to go get an abortion, sure, she should be allowed to do it. However, the parents should be informed of that decision. The parents are still in charge. They are the ward of that child, 16-year-old, mm. in this country. We've determined that a 16-year-old is not an adult, that does not have full legal right to their whatever. And that that's morphing. That idea is morphing by the day. However, there are certain cases that for the protection of a 16-year-old who does go and get a, let's call it a botched abortion, bleeds out in their room, their parents had no idea that they went and got an abortion. I don't think that it should be illegal for a 16-year-old with their parents' permission to go and get a medical procedure done because that's what that is. Mm-hmm. It's not one I'm a fan of. It's not a choice I would ever personally make. However, if somebody wants to go and do that, they should be allowed to do that. I don't think that that is something that the government should regulate and say, well, you're not allowed to do this. But I do think that they sh- there should be some oversight to the well. If a sixteen year old walks into a clinic, there should be uh, there should be a way to prosecute a doctor who botches the the procedure, mm-hmm. and there should be a way to prosecute a doctor who doesn't inform the parents who are supposed to know at that point. All right, so your line's taking shape. So I you want I, you want regulation of I want oversight. I don't oh, okay. want you I want don't oversight. want I don't that's want, a good. That, yeah, that's that's probably advice. the best description. I would, yes, the government should be the same way the government regulates alcohol or regulates tobacco to a certain extent. Is that sure? We don't let tobacco companies market to a nine-year-old. Right. We don't. We just don't do that. And, we have and, a, and we should have a we do that? Age and we have, we have a, a drinking age. We have a legal age of of voting. A legal age of smoking. And and there's there's a reason for that because a nine-year-old cannot make an informed decision an unbiased, informed decision on whether or not to harm themselves by smoking. Right. They're not at that stage of moral development. That right. makes sense. So where's your line on uh, which behaviors individuals should be permitted to make and, and not? Here's a really, really unpopular one. If you want to do heroin, by all means, go and do that. If mm. you want to do heroin and get behind the wheel of a car, you should be thrown in jail. Or if you want to sell heroin to nine-year-olds, you should be thrown in jail. If you want to ruin your own life, by all means, go do that. I see. It's a very unpopular opinion. Yeah. However, carry that logic into other things. Marijuana, if you want to smoke marijuana, by all means, go and do that. For whatever reason you want. I don't care. Mm-hmm. But if you get behind the wheel of a car and in your judgment is impaired, then yeah, you should be arrested and thrown in jail. But if you're just going to carry, smoke, share, eat whatever you want with that, mm-hmm. why are we spending time, throwing pe- time and resources throwing people in jail? I would much rather see that money that we've been in my mind, wasting on incarcerating people for possession of weed, I'd much rather see, here's my socialism side, I'd rather see a social program created with that money by the government to prevent people from making a dumb decision about their own life, about heroin or about marijuana, and helping rehabilitate those people to get them off of the self-harming substance they're on. Instead, we throw them in jail to hide them from, hide this ugly thing we hate from the rest of society 
And we don't ever properly rehabilitate anybody. Our yeah. prison system is not geared to get people out of prison. Our prison system is geared to keep those people away from society. Right, which we discussed on an earlier Absolutely. episode. Which one was that? Mm, I don't really remember uh, what the vein uh, of topic it was. That was what it was. It was yeah. the earlier in this season. Is that there are plenty of examples in other societies where the government treats the prison system as a rehab system, yeah. which is what it should be. It's correcting yeah. behavior. Correctional facilities means correcting, yeah. not hiding yeah, them from society and allowing them to repeat the same that's mistake. That's nothing more than a euphemism around here. Completely. It's politically correct, which is a colossal waste of time for a number of reasons. You're not hiding any facts by saying it's a correctional facility. It's a prison. It's a jail. You're locking people up. That's what it is. Right. And the war on drugs is not a war on drugs as much as it is just keeping the ugly thing out of the public eye. That's making, kind of making that's a show kind of my of, point. Yeah. Uh, laissez faire in my mind, hands off, is that the idea politically is it, that the government should not be nosing their nose into business the business of our free economic society. So okay, so you dealt a lot in your discussion with social issues. Mm-hmm. What about economic issues? Economic issues. What's your economic construct here? Well, I mean, like, I feel like there is a responsibility that should be imposed on companies to not lie to the public. Mm. However, if a company, for instance, Hobby Lobby, doesn't want to provide uh, contraceptives to their employees, and we as a society hate that, then don't shop there. That's how you put them out of business. The government has no place telling Hobby Lobby or any business what they should do with their business model. Those businesses are run by people. Mm. Those people have their own moral code, whether you agree with it or not, is irrelevant. And they should be left alone. And if you hate it so much, and if if enough people hate it so much, then don't shop there. So what about don't a, go there? What about tax structure? Well, how much is <laughs> so people accumulate wealth, and that's right. been true in, in every system of sure. government throughout history. Mm-hmm. And wealth accumulation is always something that's attractive to us as sure. human beings. What 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 oversight or regulation, if you're willing to go that far, would would your utopian society employ? My, my utopian society would employ a flat sales tax, no income tax, because I believe a majority of the problems, at least in the United States, with the tax structure are that it is a percentage tax structure, and that percentage is a sliding scale, and it is pretty much just going to screw the middle class. If the sales tax exists as a flat sales tax, it doesn't matter if you possess a million dollar a year salary or a $60,000 a year salary, you will pay the same percentage on what you spend. Since you have to buy something all the time, instead of only getting to hold on to $40,000 of your $60,000 a year salary because of income tax, that's very rough estimation. Instead of only getting to keep 40000 you now get to keep all 60000 of it. And if you want to keep all 60000 of it, then be very conservative about how you spend your money. But part of the problem with our tax structure here and part of the complaint of the conservative market is that people who come here illegally don't have to pay taxes or they can skirt the taxes by being paid under the counter. That's a problem on a a number of angles. However, if you're going to live here, whether you're working here illegally or not, you have to buy something. You have to buy food. You have to buy gas. You have to buy insurance. You have to buy a bunch of things. You would inherently pay taxes because you would be buying those things. Granted, the cost of everything would go up. The cost of a product would go up because the tax is built into the cost of that product. However, you're possessing an extra 20% of your income. If the sales tax even doubles, you're only paying 15% in taxes. You're still up 5%. I don't understand how that's a bad idea. That's my, my utopian <laughs> idea. However, Very well thought out. 
I that very complete. Those are my ideas. A little more complete than my idea. Well, that's what I was about to get to that. Those are my ideas. So what are your ideas? What would make a perfect utopian example for you? Uh, so listening to your ideas is is interesting. They're they're much more detail detail oriented and fleshed out than mine. But so I may I may get into some hot water because I haven't fully like thought this out. No, I doubt it. I but you'll be fine. Feel free to point out inconsistencies in my reasonings. I will ask for clarification, as I'm sure our listeners may do. Uh, but so where it sounds like you're more a, and we've discussed this before. Mm. So I'm, I I feel confident in saying that you're more of a libertarian. Yes. Bent. The mask is off. Yeah. So generally, leave me alone. I'm going to do what I want to do, and I think everybody else should too. Sure. You know, that's to, the very with, loose d- description. But with yes. limitations and as sure. you as you allowed for oversights. I, I, to make I sure prefer to it as accountability. That's Accountability. Yes. All right. If you're going to make a decision and an action, you should be held accountable. Um, uh, part of my problem with with the libertarian construction of government is uh, I, I'm glad that you don't go as far as anarchy, anarchism. Or to say that tax is stealing. Yeah, that's that's a very widely held libertarian belief that any tax is stealing from people. Yeah, that's I don't quite go that far. That is that is on your way to anarchy, anarchism, and anarch, anarchist construction of society. Right. So an anarchist. We've covered anarchy once. We did, and uh, that was that was very enlightening. It it was, and we, I think we determined in that discussion that anarchy is not a not able to be a constant state of government. It's it'd be very hard to maintain for the similar reason that communism is even though they're at they're at opposite ends of the spectrum. similar reasons but yeah mm-hmm. absolutely. it's that that people would botch it people take advantage of an opportunity absolutely yeah so in, in anarchy the opportunity they take advantage of is no one's no one's going to tax me on what i make so i'm just gonna i'm just gonna to uh take as much as i can right i'm, I'm gonna even if you don't need every it. every opportunity to make a buck and i'm gonna step on people on mm-hmm. my way to wealth with no accountability. With no accountability. And that's that's a feudal system. Oh, completely. That is... So there's a period of English history called the anarchy, mm-hmm. where there was two or possibly more competing... If you've been listening to the History of English podcast. I'm a little bit behind, but yes. Okay, so the, the recent episodes are on this on this topic, on this period of time. Yeah. And the, the manor... The manor lords, the... What are they called? They, so there's like... So the, the previous monarchy had set up a system of of uh, dukes. No, what? I, it's essentially landowners, wealthy. Yeah, landowners. yeah. Okay, so landowners. It's the feudal system. They owned they owned land, and then they had people working the land, right. and in exchange for providing, you know, working the land, providing food for everyone, the farmers got protection, protection, a right. certain amount of provision for their basic needs. Correct. Uh, and the. The overlord, the landlords, were were basically given free reign by the monarchy to mm-hmm. to get this work out of people right. by whatever means they felt was justified. Right, and you could have a benevolent landowner, right. or you can have a dictator of a landowner. But the church was very strong at this time, and so was the monarchy. So they there were some controls, some accountability. Mm-hmm. All the landowners were subject to the king still, and he had, right. he had doled out these positions of uh, landlordship right i mean there's a there is a word and it's just not coming to me yeah and i wish that it would because it's really frustrating that i can't think of it 
No, but I mean, you got it. Like it's it's appointments of land ownership, yeah. land management by the king. Right. And so if if the king felt at any point that uh, that one of these people was abusing, essentially, you know, the king's subjects or the king's castle, right? Because they were all all the land and all the the power was given at the king's pleasure. Yes. And uh, they were accountable to the king for using that right. properly. But when there was no king, uh, they really started to take advantage of it, of the power. And they just, they were torturing their subjects to get money out of them if they couldn't pay with the, no accountability. the exorbitant taxes. So they were, right. I mean, human rights violations and all kinds of just wealth accumulation with no regard for human well-being. Right. And... I'm afraid in a libertarian construction, we, we go down that path a little bit. So the controls are are really important to me. And well, the oversight, yeah. Yeah. The, I think given the opportunity for unmitigated wealth accumulation uh-huh. is just a recipe for, for that all over again. And we've seen it. It makes me shudder to think that, that anyone could be. And that's why Trump scares me so much. Because he... Sure. And look how rich he is. We want to put somebody who, who wants to make money at that level in office. I mean, he's just going to take away control so that he can make more money. Well, and that's, I mean, that, that's what I mean by oversight, though, is that, like, I don't think if you in the private economy want to make as much money as you possibly can, by all means do that. But there should be a means and method of governing how that money is made mm-hmm. and where that money goes. And the thing is, if you're buying stuff, again, if you're buying stuff within the United States— which you, you inherently would because you got to eat here. You're not going to import all your food. And if you import your food, there's a tax on that. If you're that rich, you can you can get around it. I just, I, I don't know. It, oh, there's there's no perfect system. That's essentially, I mean, we could sum up this entire discussion about utopian society in that there is no perfect system because the second you, in, you input the human condition, as you put it so eloquently at the beginning, the second you insert that, you have personal biases, you have personal gain that is trying to be asserted. It doesn't matter what system you implement. There are some that I think are better than others, but that's yeah. my opinion. Well, I, to get back to my, you asked me what I, I thought. I did, yeah. And uh, I've been much more of a collectivist. Okay. I don't say socialist intentionally. Because I don't say, there's a connotation. I don't say communist, but I I don't I say think, libertarian for the same reason. Okay. Granted. I guess you could put me into the socialist camp. We're more in agreement than I expected us to be. I just It's the degree to which... I think I'd be in favor of regulating, sure, especially the top earners. I think, well, in the in the bonus episode from, yeah. from last month, I asked you about monopoly. Yes, is it possible to be good at monopoly? And I'm firmly in the camp that it's all about your first trip around the board. Sure, if you are in front, you happen to be because of the dice rolls, and you land on you land on Park Place. Sure, and you land on property on every on every side of the board. Yeah, and you have enough money to buy it, then you are you're far above you're like way past all the other players in your ability to sure probability to win and i I don't think that a laissez-faire system does enough to level the playing field for people who haven't been born with opportunity i think monopoly creates a an analogy for life in that it presents an interesting analogy because i would i would say it reinforces even more what i'm saying because everybody starts with the same amount of money in the same place on the board. The only thing that changes the is dice. complete chance. You can't control chance in any degree. Right, but am I I have less of a chance than than someone who was born 
to rich parents. Sure. I didn't I didn't get the dice roll. But I if didn't we rip that doubles. money away from everybody, then nobody can be born to rich parents. Well, and then what? What are you trying to have equal opportunity? Yes, but then, then what are you? Really what are you aiming for, though? Utopia. <laughs> Full circle, right there. <laughs> Full circle. What are we talking about next week? How to make this? How to take your uh, current government and make it this utopian society that we can't agree on what it looks like? <laughs> Excellent idea. Surely that will be a very short episode. We'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks for joining us today. Visit impossiblethingspodcast.com to interact with the guys on Twitter, Facebook, and email. Questions, topic suggestions, corrections, and rants are always welcome. Also, find more episodes and see sources referenced in today's discussion. Impossiblethingspodcast.com for all things impossible. Impossible.